Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin' Series, a month-long event celebrating the authors and narrators that bring romance stories to life. Listen along as Viviana, Enchantress of Books, interviews your favorite writers and voices, share special guest posts, and stay tuned for some special information at the conclusion of the episode. Hi, everyone. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with guest narrator, Alan Carlson. Welcome to the Audiobook Loving Series, Alan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you and get to know you better. And with that said, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been narrating, how you got started? I started narrating in 2018. I only did, I think I did two books that year. It was one of those things where I kind of fell into it backwards. I was in radio for about a decade or so. And uh, when I met my wife, I realized that radio wasn't going to pay the bills. So I had to get out of that. And I kind of fell through a whole bunch of different things. And eventually I, I was in a, um, in a position where I was, I was building a storage facility with a partner. And long story short, that did not work out uh, between me and the partner. And I realized that I was in my 40s with no resume and uh, you know really no more interest in being a businessman. So I figured I needed to get back into doing something creative. And as luck would have it at that exact moment, Johnny Heller was offering a, uh, an audiobook intro course in Toronto. Uh, I'm in Saskatoon, which is like five hours north of Minot, North Dakota. And uh, so I hopped on a plane and head out, headed out to Toronto and uh, did that workshop with Johnny. And that was uh, sort of the start of my passion for it, I guess. Uh, I've done about 60 books to date, you know, mostly since uh, about 2020, I got serious about it. So, yeah, I think everybody around that time frame, hmm, I wonder what's been going on in the world. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was so lucky because I'm, I'm not an actor, right? Or I shouldn't say that anymore. I, I'm not a trained actor. I got into this thinking that, you know what, maybe I'll get by on just the strength of my voice. And I thought naively that I would do, do mostly uh, nonfiction and, uh, I just got really lucky that I started getting my confidence and catching my stride right before the pandemic hit. So when all these new amazing actors were trying to break into audiobooks, I already kind of had a bit of a leg up. So I didn't, I didn't notice any, uh, any sort of decrease in or increase in competition or decreasing the amount of work available. I just kind of slowly kept, you know, doing my thing and progressing. I was very lucky. Yeah, no, I think that even though there's more and more narrators and it's just a thing that's going to continue to grow, there's way more books out there that need, you know, to be into audiobooks than there For are sure. you guys. So yeah. I think you guys are covered as far, <laughs> as far as, you know, work concerns. It's just a matter of finding that sweet spot of getting together with the, you know, the, when you audition and then, you know, have to check it out and things like that, you know? Yeah. The roles. There's a, there's a, there's so much more acting involved in this job than I had originally anticipated before I had done it. And uh, so the, the premise of all these amazing stage and screen actors who suddenly couldn't, you know, be working outside of their house. Uh, it was scary for a moment back there in like 2021. Or I guess when when did the pandemic start? Was it 2020 or yeah, I think 2020. It's just it all seems like it's been going on forever, right? Yeah, it does. But you know, it's like uh, I know so many introverts like myself have not been too bad as far as having to stay indoors and not people. Isn't uh, this has made being an introvert amazing, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Like it, it fe- what always felt like a, like a crutch has suddenly become my superpower. Like it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, aren't you getting star crazy? And I go, nope, I am fine. <laughs> Not at all. If anything, there's just too many people in my house right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have animals instead of that. Uh, <laughs> we recently just added two kittens uh, as oh, of nice. last Thursday. They were, one was in our front yard in the in a bush and the other one was in the backyard inside some bushes and uh apparently it's kitty season and they were very loud and they were like yay we've heard through the neighborhood that you pick up you know foster people and 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 animals and stuff i'm like yeah yeah okay fine (laughs) so (laughs) you know as with other things i think a lot of people have gotten extra animals and has started realizing that they like books and audiobooks too. And they've kind of just jumped into this thing where the trend continues to grow. Exactly. Um, yeah. So now that you've been doing this for a couple of years, how has your process or has it changed when it comes down to prepping a book once you've been cast? Yes, it's changed quite a bit. Um, mostly because I had no idea what I was doing in the beginning. <laughs> and um, so I am in a, a bit of a unique situation for most narrators because I'm I'm diagnosed dyslexic. I say that because it's pretty minor compared to what some other people go through. But I uh, so when I get a book that's of any kind of length, if it's short enough, I'll do it myself. But if it's any, you know, if it's longer than say four hours of recording time or of, uh, of finished hours, I uh, I hire out a prepper to do all my research for me. Uh, so that way I can just read the book and focus on the acting decisions and. And she comes up with all my, you know, place names and, and you know, weird word pronunciations and, and all that stuff. So I can just kind of just focus on, on what I do best and let her worry about all the, the research, which she does amazingly at. So it saves me some time that way. I know some narrators do a lot of like color coding and, and pencil marking. And the irony is when I was in radio and I was producing commercials, I made everyone pencil mark. And now I don't do it at all. <laughs> But again, we, we were talking about uh, we were talking about uh, uh, cru- uh, uh, you know um, crutches that now seem like superpowers because of my dyslexia. I I feel like it it's it actually helps me be a narrator because I can't be disengaged from a book or I just completely lose my spot. So when I'm when I'm performing, I have to be right in it. So I feel like it makes the acting decisions a little bit easier, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I think it's because of the fact that, like you were saying, you're you have to you know, focus extra to make sure that you're not like, Ooh, squirrel. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shiny. Have I I recorded this same paragraph four times? I can't tell. (laughs) I know. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's bad enough when the pickups come up that you have to go back, you know, but heaven forbid (laughs) that you're going, wait, what? And I know what that's like too. And I'm like, that's when I'm like, I need to put the book down because I was tired. Um, When I, I'm like, wait, didn't I just read that or or was it a movie? Ah, time to go to bed. Um, <laughs> not having that one more chapter conversation, that's for sure at that point. Yeah. Now that you've been doing this um, as long as you have been, do you have any sort of routines prior to you recording, like for your like vocal warm-ups or things like that or anything like superstitious? I, I, I really should. I do have some, <laughs> but I'm not very good at doing them all the time. One of my favorites is I, I do something that's called the announcer's test. I don't know if you ever heard of it. No. What's that? It's a series of kind of vocal exercises and tongue twisters that uh, there's a bunch of them, 
But if you go back into like the twenties when radio was just starting and like any schmuck off the street would come and say, Hey, I got a nice voice. I want to try it. They would, uh, they would give them this announcer's test to kind of test their diction and their memory and their, uh, their ability with big words. And then who was, I think it was Jerry Lewis had one that he used to do all the time, which is the one I, I do. And so the idea is you do, uh, 10 lines of, of, uh, text each time you do. So like you do line one and then you do line one and line two. And then by the end, you're doing what line one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. They get progressively harder and longer, and you're trying to get it all out in one breath. Oh boy! Yeah, I think I'm. If I if I have the wherewithal, one day I'll make a uh, like an Instagram story or a TikTok or something about <laughs> it. But <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot, and especially then having to memorize. Well, it and it then... only takes about three minutes, and I I don't I keep the script in front of me, but um, you know by this time by this point i mostly have it memorized yeah okay yeah i would hope so too and then i do some facial stretches that no one should ever, no one should ever see because they just look <laughs> yeah to get the mouth moving right so it's exactly. not the jaw stiff yeah yeah i do yeah. one that's called lion and mouse which is exactly how you would imagine it and it just looks freaking hilarious perfect for tiktok exactly <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and those videos keep getting longer and longer and longer. I just got my notification saying, hey, you could do 10-minute videos. And I'm going, um, about that. Yeah, no. <laughs> so TikTok's be- one of those things that I actually feel bad because I have, um, I don't know, like I have like 100 followers or something on TikTok, and I've never once done anything with it. I don't feel like I deserve these followers at all. But um, my good friend Kimberly Weatherall, suddenly, like she got onto TikTok. And she started doing the literary man shaming, which is hilarious. Oh, yes. I love it. And she like suddenly got like, I think she's at like 50,000 followers or something crazy like that. She gets interviewed by like MSNBC. So, yeah, no, I've, <laughs> I, uh, I know I need to do more with it. And she's an inspiration. But yeah. Well, it's just, <laughs> there's been, a lot, you know. There, there's so much, right? And you kind of have to figure out, okay, hmm, do I hang out with the kids or do I try to do this TikTok? Um, do I... <laughs> Do the audio that needs to be done prior to the deadline or do I play with a dog and the kids or do the TikTok? Okay. You know, it's exactly. just all, all these little things. And at the end of the day, we'd much rather have you play with your kids and hang out with the family and also get me my audio on exactly. time and everything else can just wait. Yeah. Um, I've and been then, told- if you have a, then if you have a pseudonym, then there's like twice as much, <gasps> right? So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or someone like me that manages accounts for other people. Yeah. <laughs> You, you do that because yeah. I, we might have to trade uh, oh. <laughs> information at the end of this. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's a it's like you. It's the it's great that you mentioned the prepper because I think that a lot of um, narrators do the work all themselves, but they also sometimes get to that point where they'll hire it out. And also knowing your strengths and weaknesses is key. And I, I've always been a high proponent of if you don't have to do it all yourself, go ahead and hire someone. And as long as you have a good relationship and they're not fucking it up, you're fine. (laughs) It's, it's tough though, when you first get into this, because, you know, if you know, you start off with like ACX and all you're doing is royalty shares and you're, you know, you're seeing like your $30 a month royalty payment come in because the first couple you do, you don't know how to pick them. And, and then the idea of hiring someone at a hundred dollars or a hundred and whatever dollars per finished hour on top of that just seems like why but you know i think it's you got to kind of get in the mindset of this is a business and you need to invest in yourself first and then yeah thank you and then and then once you start 
farming out the stuff that takes you forever and you're not especially good at, then you notice the money start coming in faster and and the quality go up, right? Absolutely. Yes. I think that that's something that they've noticed for the narrators that I know that have hired things out, whether it's a website stuff or social media stuff or prepping stuff or even editing. They have a quicker turnaround time when it comes down to providing that finished file in audio and able to manage their time better. So they're actually picking up more books and having a work-life balance, which I'm still learning what that looks like. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's everybody does things differently. Authors are infamous for being control freaks and yeah. And when they hire people, sometimes it's one of those, the micromanaging happens or until you can prove like, listen, I got you, girl. I got you. I know this is your baby. It's okay. It's in good hands. Um, and then it kind of gets easier, but yeah, it's, it's a lot at first when you're first starting, you're going, do I, am I even good at this? Heaven forbid having to figure out how to hire. So, yeah. but I'm still glad that you mentioned it. Cause it's a, it's a good thing to kind of know that maybe later, not right now, but maybe later I'll get to hire someone to do X, Y, Z. That's like exactly. additional goals. Yeah. <laughs> How do you go about deciding what the characters are going to sound like and their tones and the cadence and things like that? Uh, um, there are probably people much better at answering this question than I am. I, uh, I tend to wing it a little bit in my initial read through, you know, a lot of the times the descriptors are there in the text you know, he said gruffly, he, you know, he drawled, you know, all that stuff is kind of there. And then just the tone of the story kind of lets me decide, you know, showing, does this guy talk slowly? Does he have, um, well, pitch is usually a, a descriptor at some point or another, which is again, the reason why it's so important to do your own pre-read because, you know, even the best prepper is gonna, you know, miss one or two of those things and you don't want to have that on them you know you have to <laughs> that's that yeah. that's one of those things you have to kind of take on yourself but yeah i mean for me that it just kind of all kind of falls naturally when i'm choosing character voices okay yeah i, I it's, it's my thing is always when the author and i swear to god they do this on purpose is when they get all the guys or all the girls in a room together and they're all talking oh <laughs> you know uh, i did a uh, i did a book probably two years ago for Pink Flamingo. And it's a great book. I really enjoyed it. It was a, a romance called, oh man, I'm just blanking on the name right now. Um, Four Weddings and a Swamp Oak Tour, I think. And it was uh, it was set in the bayou. Luckily, the the author didn't want us to do heavy Cajun accents or anything, but, you know, Southern accents. And it was, I think there was 12 people sitting at a dinner table and they're all family mm. and they all have accents. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just trying to keep track and, and differentiate each of them was uh, that was a challenge, but it was, I mean, it's a great book. I really enjoyed it. And it was the right challenge for me at the right time. And, you know, so that was, that was fun. My first book was way more challenged than I had anticipated. So it, it's kind of fun when you, when you see your progress and, and um, you know, you get to one of those things and you, it doesn't seem as terrifying as it did the first time <laughs> right you're like i got this i've done yeah. 12 before yeah. give me 25 <laughs> <laughs> like i said I, I really do think sometimes that the authors are like ha 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 evil laugh and they do well, there's that. that there's that famous jk rowling and uh stephen fry story right where yep she intentionally put harry pocketed it i can't even say that <laughs> into the book into every single book yeah well you know y'all have to have a little fun here and there (laughs) (laughs) 
you were talking about, you mentioned the Louisiana accents and listeners, it's particularly in romance, are suckers for accents. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite accent to perform? I've always, I always enjoy doing a Russian accent. It's, I just find it kind of fun to kind of, you know, slip into that, like kind of guttural, uh, glottal stop. I, and Irish accents are fun too. They, they just kind of, they're easy. The problem with an Irish accent though, is once you've done one in a book, it's hard to break out of it. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to stop the recording and reset just so you can get out of it. Um, I just did a book. Uh, it was a theological thriller where um, it takes place in Rome and there's all these different, you know, priests from around the world and one's from Ireland and one's from Portugal and one's from Italy and France. And so trying to, and they're all having conversations, trying to go back and forth with those accents. You know, once you get to the Irish one, then everyone starts to be Irish. <laughs> yeah, that's one that gets stuck. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about the opposite? What's the hardest for you to perform? Uh, I feel like British accents are my kryptonite. I'm usually pretty good with accents, but I, I don't know if it's a, um, it's just a confidence thing maybe because I feel like with British accents, or at least we've been led to believe that there, like, there are a lot of people who can pinpoint a British accent to like the block they grew up on. <laughs> and to me, that's just so intimidating, right? Yes. Like I can do, like, I can fake my way through like a Polish accent or a Dutch accent or something that most people would just be like, yeah, that passes. But when it gets to like, you know, like, um, you know, like, and you know, the variations of the, the British accent, uh, that's just, uh, it just, it just freaks me out. So uh, that one I would say is my problem. My kryptonite. I just need to work on it better, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a funny thing. Cause it, that's where the listeners will always bust out in a review saying that was not a cognitive accent or, yeah, you know, but at the same time, there have been these two instances that I tend to reference where the review said his Irish accent was so bad. It, it's like, he didn't even try. And the man is actually from Ireland. Oh, there. I, I see i see narrators on facebook and stuff posting stuff like that all the time where like, yeah her australian accent was terrible she's like i'm in perth right now i am australian yep <laughs> and the same one happened with the british one it's like oh his british was so awful so unbelievable yeah. he was born and raised in london and, and you know grew up in in england and i think has been living here in the states for a couple of years like maybe 10 but he still has that accent that's for sure yeah. Uh, but so I always take it with a grain of salt, but I know it's important to the authors and the readers and the listeners too, because they recognize like a Texas accent versus a uh, Georgia versus, you know, Savannah, you know, or Atlanta. It's all different. You, you know what I've noticed though? And, and this kind of goes again, directly against what I was just saying with the British accents is that I don't think people notice as much as they think they do. I think what they really <sighs> want is for the voice actor to be committed to the character and not rely on the accent and once you once you get past that point they're willing to give you a little rope yeah right like i'm i do okay with accents i don't think i'm i'm a master by any stretch but i don't really get bad reviews on my accents i and i think just because uh you know uh uh, pj oakland who's a a very well-known respected audiobook coach uh, and performer he's he's amazing he goes by dr dialect online and <laughs> one of the things he says is you know commit don't comment so yep. j- you know you just you you 
commit to the character and commit to, you know, however much accent you're going to put onto it and, and just kind of let the story take care of itself. Yeah. Sometimes we just need a little bit of a hint that yeah. there is something there and that's enough. So, yeah. so all that to say is that my fear of British accents is completely self-imposed. <laughs> Yeah, we all have a fear. Okay. Yeah. I have, yeah, I have a thing that when I go places, I pick up the accent rather right. quickly. And it's always like, oh, please, no, I'm not trying to make fun of you or anything like that. And I'm conscientious having to relearn some words. I went to Boston about 20 years ago and I still have, I still say ka. So it's like, okay, I got to go the car. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. I'm, I'm Canadian, so I'm constantly learning about my accent. Oh, yeah. You know, like forgetting that, you know, because I, I mean, I grew up in Vancouver, which as far as Canada goes, is probably the uh, the mildest of Canadian accents, um, the most neutral, I would think. But I've lived in the prairies for about 15 years now, and I noticed that A, my the way I speak has changed a little bit, and uh, and B... I had no idea how Canadian I ever sounded until I started doing this. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, globality is awesome in the sense of we get to hang out with each other virtually, we learn new things, we get to hear more stuff. But that's also some things too that we're like, oh, I did not realize that I have that I say that word specifically to that you know region and things like that. And then I've also yeah. have it where. Someone said, oh, yeah, he's from Canada. And I'm like, how'd you figure that out? And I'm like, oh, it's how he said his about, you know, a boot or something like that. I'm like, I was not even paying attention to that. <laughs> so I'm like, I wasn't on the job listening or anything like that. I was just like talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a it's a fun thing, though. Like, accents yeah. are fun. You know? Yeah, my, my friend uh, Steve Campbell's been doing a thing on TikTok where he uh, he he yes. breaks down the uh, the difference between words that the way the Americans say it and the way Canadians say it. Oh yeah. A, a lot of times we kind of uh, up here we kind of default to the British pronunciation. Yes. Weirdly. So yeah, it's it's a great series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's hilarious. I got a chance to talk to him for for this June series, and that's one of the things we're talking about. Was like I think it was like Tintilius and Tintinius and stuff like that. It's like and capillaries, a... capillaries and capillaries. Yes. And I'm going, I'm not going to be your girl for that because I'm a mutt and I have bilingual and of different countries. And so, no, uh, <laughs> there's like 15 different ways to say the same word. So, and I'm not exactly. going to be, yeah. yeah. So, mm -mm. Uh, it's just whatever you tell me how to say it, I will say it. <laughs> That's as far as it goes. <laughs> um, there are many different types of characters in all these books that we've listened to and that you guys have narrated. And that's, you know, depend, sometimes dependent on the genre, but in the, at the same time, there's always, you know, a happy guy, a sad guy or stuff like that, or the billionaire. Um, is there a favorite type of character that you like to voice and play? Um, I don't know if it's a favorite, but the ones I tend to get the most are the um, kind of gruff alpha when I'm doing a romance or the, uh, you know, the kind of troubled detective who just doesn't give a fuck. Those are the, those are the kind of kind of roles that I tend to get the most, you know, the guy, the guy with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Something in your voice, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just, just enough grit to keep me hired. That's, <laughs> that, yep, that's how we like it. <laughs> Is there a genre that you like, it's a favorite for you to perform in? Um, I don't know if there, like, 
I, I enjoy doing uh, the mysteries and thrillers and, and kind of like the mild horror stuff um, because that's what I would normally read. I haven't done much in sci-fi. I think I would enjoy it. Um, not because I, I, you know, not because I read a bunch of sci-fi, but just because, you know, the few, I shouldn't say few now, I've, I've, I've listened to a whole bunch of uh, sci-fi audio now, and I, I think I would enjoy performing it. Um, and I think I would enjoy, I've done one kid's book. Actually, I've technically two, done two kid's books. And, uh, and those are fun. Those are, I, I, I would love to do more of those too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, interesting how many people don't think that children's books are a thing in audio. And they kind of forget that there's like middle grade and then the young adults, which is a little right. bit getting into the other things. And it's, it's, uh, it's fun. I know that there's a lot of different narrators that either do it under the same name because they don't care and it's not a big deal or they'll use different pseudonyms depending on how much romance um, they've done or if they've done anything specific like a lot of horror because the right. last thing you want to do is google your favorite kid narrator plus <laughs> <laughs> that was like mommy what's that word <laughs> you know i only started doing a uh, a pseudonym just this year and only for some of the uh the more explicit uh I'll call it romance, but I don't think there's, these are romance. Um, so the, erotica. The, more, the more erotic, yeah. For the more erotic stuff that I've done, I've only started using a, uh, a pseudonym this year and not because I really cared or I thought it was going to be, you know, you know, uh, impact my career in any way, but my wife begged me to just because she doesn't want our kids to get to be like 14 and have their friends look me up and be like, Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I was listening to this book and I could have sworn it was your dad. Yeah. <laughs> and he was saying the filthiest stuff. I mean, I liked it, but damn. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one of the many reasons that are out there for using pseudonyms is the family and the kids and yeah. having them come across or um, have, like you were saying, the friends, so that's like the worst. But at the same time, I'm going, that'd be kind of funny. Um, <laughs> talk about messing with your kids but it's okay um but yeah it's definitely um so are you going to be more open with your pseudonym or are you going to keep that under your belts kind of uh i'm open with it at this point because i mean you i mean <laughs> we were talking about you know the you know the, the the how much social media and everything and um so i was i was doing this book with another narrator and she messaged me the other day and was like hey i want to i want to tag tag I'll, I'll just I'll out myself. Uh, I've used uh, Duncan Cole. So she said, I want to tag him in all the, my social media posts. Does he have any social media? And I was like, no, he is a lazy narrator who doesn't take this seriously at all. So, <laughs> so now I've got to go in and create a whole bunch of new social media handles for this. So, so let me let me help you out with that. No, he is very mysterious and likes to keep things intriguing. There you go. And That's does a not have any social media. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a, it's an ongoing conversation. I'm like, how much is needed versus not? I mean, there've been very many successful narrators, a la Sebastian York that has absolutely no social media, but he hit the ground running way before. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I think well, then now you got other guys like Shane East and Joe Arden, like Joe Arden has entire fan clubs and, and, you know, merch stores and things like that. And, you know, I don't know if I want to devote that much to my my pseudonym that up until, you know, three or four months ago, I didn't even consider having. Yeah. 
but it's it's it, the fans are you know they when they find a narrative that they love and adore and like to listen to they will literally listen to anything including the yellow pages or the encyclopedia <laughs> botanica as no lie audible did that one time for april fools and uh, i think it was sebastian york that was reading the definition of cheese um so and they were floored about it uh but yeah there, there's many narrators out there now that have you know fan groups and stuff like that um but you i think all of that a lot of it started because they weren't really good at social media to begin right. with and it was good to have a community where the listeners can get together and say oh my god let's talk about this book and go from there <laughs> so and it you know depending on the group there's different things going on and stuff like that so it's fun yeah. stuff. You, you know, it's one of those things that it, it all depends on the individual and how they want to manage things and if they have a group or a team and, and kind of go from there. But yeah, I think it's a, having the social media, at least a basic website with contact information is something that I will continuously say out loud because finding narrators contact info sometimes is like going hunting in the dark with no lights and in a maze. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, I, I mean, the weird kind of juxtaposition, because I'm the, you know, typical humble Canadian, but I also have a, an ego big enough that I don't want people to talk about my pseudonym. I want them to talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you are your pseudonym too, so it technically sure, is. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it's just depending on the thing. I know that sometimes uh, some of the pseudonyms are there specifically more for romance or erotica the 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 narrator will have lots of fun with that concept and play it up while then i'm I'm going dude i know who you really are you're not that guy (laughs) but (laughs) it's fun you know it's just okay good have fun with it so it's one of those things where you can kind of do something different as well and just kind of almost like cosplay yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yeah for sure (laughs) you mentioned sci-fi being a genre that you like to do more of but is there one specifically us unless it's that one itself that you're like, ooh, it'd be great to do that that you haven't done yet? Uh, let me think. Um, I think for me, the only one that I, I'm, because the only kids book, like real kids book that I've done was through Learning Ally, um, which is a fantastic organization. And I just kind of did it just this year, just as I, uh, um, you know, I just, w- I wanted to try it. So I, I volunteered my time for that. But uh, I would love to do more kids books it can be so much more free in how big you can be with your characters and because i have two young kids you know so far they haven't really been able to listen to anything <laughs> i've done so it'd be uh it'd be fun to be able to do that that's good yeah it's true yeah it's kind of like read me a story dad and you can just say press play yeah exactly <laughs> yeah okay i well, joke you... with them that like after after they turn eight they gotta pay me if they want me to read it <gasps> oh <laughs> Damn, they're going to be the ones that say, well, you know, you did want me to do that TikTok thingy for you, right? <laughs> so, hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I, I had to laugh at myself because uh, my oldest a few days ago was, he was just kind of, he was reading his book on his, on the couch and he was making all these weird voices and noises and it was, you know, I was tired. So it was annoying me. And then I was about to get mad at him. And then I realized that would be the most hypocritical thing I could ever do. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That is true. Yes. That would be bad. I mean, I totally understand you where you were coming from. Uh, I have someone in my house that does stuff like that too. And I'm like, shut it. Um, but yeah, I, but at the same time though, I think it's cool that he knows that that could potentially be a job for him in the future if he wanted to. Cause yeah. when I was growing up, 
no that i mean the idea of being like a narrator a, a photographer for books or anything that, that to do that was not even a discussion we were always told things like teaching and doctor and dentist and um, all these other professions and I'm like man I, I, I could have been a photographer for some of these really good sexy cover models okay <laughs> you know graphic artworks to do the design and stuff same thing with the narrator I'm like yeah probably would have taken a couple more diction classes and could have done that but okay so it's good and I'm glad that people are having this, those conversations now where you don't need to go to a four-year institute to get a degree in something that you're not happy in or just because they'll pay the bills but you have other options that like you know reading books out loud and getting some training and coaching to learn exactly. some other things and there you go so mm -hmm. i'm also glad that you mentioned that you have gotten some coaching with uh john and uh why can i remember uh, sean, sean, sean i was john. thinking scott brat for some reason i'm 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 yeah. blending my 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 coaches <laughs> Sorry guys, I, I, love I, you. In the, last, <laughs> in the last year, I've done I've done a lot of coach. I probably spent half of my income on coaching in the last year. I did. I've done coaching with uh, Joel Frunken and Sean Pratt and Johnny Heller, and um, just uh, you know, and then just a bunch of webinars. And and I'm constantly trying to kind of reinvest in in the craft and and be the narrator that I'm that I hope to be. And yeah, and I'm, I'm a huge proponent to anyone who asked me about getting into narration, you know, you've got to invest in training. It's so important. Yeah. And you learn tips, you know, uh, tips and tips and tricks of the trade. Um, you sometimes don't have to reinvent the wheel when you get some of that information. Um, it yeah. makes things a lot easier. Um, but that's definitely something that is important. And it's good that you're reinvesting in yourself because it's a, it's a skill set, it's a craft. And the only way that you're going to get better at it and be able to diversify more is just by continuous learning. Absolutely. You know? So that's important. So when you're not learning something new and working and hanging out with the kids and stuff like that, what do you do for fun? Wow. It's been so long. I kind of forgot what fun was. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, since the pandemic started, um, every, every single Friday, I have uh, friends that I've had for 30 years that we kind of, you know, got spread across the country. And now we all get together on Zoom and play online board games. And it's the greatest thing in my life, other than my kids. Um, it's, it's so wonderful because we've gone, you know, like a decade, some of us without being able to talk and hang out. And then we just get back on the Zoom and it's like, no time has passed. We're still those, you know, stupid kids from my high school who can make <laughs> each other laugh like no one else, you know, and, and they just become your, my, I reminded that there's a reason why they're my favorite people in the world. And uh, yeah, so that's been, that's been kind of a lifeline for me through the whole pandemic. Um, and then other than that, you know, I, I try to get my kids outside and we go canoeing and, you know, I try to stay fit as much as I can, but um, you know, between, between work and family obligations, there's not a whole lot of free time. So yeah, well, I did stress that at the beginning and when you're not, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite holiday and why? Thanksgiving hands down because, uh, I mean, sure. Thanksgiving has some problematic history, Just a but, <laughs> but I feel like, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty, um, non-religious and that's the one that I just feel is the most um 
most family centric. There's not a whole lot of stuff behind it. That's, you know, that makes it kind of heavy or, 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 you know, there's not, you don't have the whole gift giving thing. And it just, it just feels like for me, that's the one that I just, I love the most. It's, it's just, it's just all it is. It is an excuse to get together with family and have a great big meal and enjoy each other's company. And that I appreciate. Canada does Thanksgiving differently than as far as different dates than yes. the States, right? When is yours? Yeah. It's in October, the beginning of October, oh, which is yeah. right around my birthday, which made me, maybe that's <gasps> another reason why I enjoy it. True. Yes. Yeah. Double, you know, cool meals. And uh, <laughs> what's your favorite meal to do in, for Thanksgiving for you guys? Uh, like favorite thing to, to make? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm the cook in our house. So I do, I do everything. I do <gasps> the turkey and the, the potatoes and the stuffing and the vegetables. Like from scratch, I, I, scratch? Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So your basic traditional turkey, mashed potatoes. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple of times I went out to, uh, to visit my parents and, and, you know, in lieu of making, you know, two elderly people, a giant turkey, I just did a ham or something, but yeah, usually it's uh, the turkey and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to do the cooking and stuff like yeah. that. And then as a family gets bigger, different tastes and stuff like that. And so I'm like having to do the, okay, someone doesn't like turkey, but they don't like chicken. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get the ham. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're far more accommodating than I am. I'm like, I'm making it, you're eating it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I've become that girl. <laughs> I, I I'm all for because I am an identical twin, uh, and I have an identical twin sister. It's very Are much you really? me. Yeah, and so wow. growing up, it was always like, oh, so if you like blue, I mean, she likes blue, or she likes this, then you like that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. We're two different people. I mean, we look alike and we sound alike, but we're not. Um, so I try to give everybody that individual attention. That that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I'm going. I still got time for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> so there might be slight variations and not that deep anymore. But as I've gotten older, but it's still fun. So in October, you guys have Thanksgiving. Yeah. Hmm. Fun. Gives you a bit but of a it, longer break, I think, in between the holidays too, because ours is like Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Right. Like, like, yeah. As soon as you guys hit like Thanksgiving, it's just, you know, it feels like from, you know, mid November all the way through to the end of the year is just holiday season. Yeah. Well, see, I'm not sure how it, it is up there where you're at, but where I'm here, here in Florida, um, I think it's about August when we start seeing the fall decorations come out at the stores <laughs> and every year it gets earlier. And heaven forbid, that you don't grab it then and there because when you know fall actually comes into play they already have the christmas stuff out and there's oh, no absolutely. longer fall so you're like damn it they should have gotten that you know fill in the blank yeah, yeah. well and and you know living in a, in a northern climate we all of our stores seem to be dictated by by what your guys's seasons right so <laughs> you know the snowblowers come out and say no you know well actually that's a bad example but say the uh the summer wear comes out in april which is like two months early for us and by the time we want to get it it's all gone you know yeah really like, we feel like we're a season behind almost yeah no it's the same thing here uh, when it comes down to those things like you know summer vacations and things that are specifically geared to something like spring break or whatever and i'm like just get it now viv just get it now <laughs> just also remember where you put it so when it's gonna be used you can actually do it and use it that's the next part of the conversation that happens after you buy it <laughs> um what is 
the song that you have to sing along with no matter where you're at when it comes on? <laughs> Just one? Um, Orton, give me as many as you like. <laughs> I, like I, I was a rock and roll DJ for, for a long time. So I'm kind of, I don't know, I feel like I'm kind of predisposed to singing along in the car. But so far, my kids are young enough that they are not super embarrassed by it. But yeah, any any Elton John that comes on, I'm, I'm singing that. Any uh, any Nirvana that comes on, I'm doing my best to sing that. You know, I'm, I, I have no shame when I'm singing in the car. <laughs> yeah, but it's when you're at the grocery store and that song comes up and you're like on aisle nine. <laughs> or in my case, it's always like right by the freezer section for some reason. And then that song comes up and you're like, damn it. And then you start, you know, shimmying your shoulders. And then you're like, <laughs> you start and I'm like, ah, I'm in public. Ah, oh, fuck it. Anyways. <laughs> so far, at least I'm either completely unaware of myself doing it or I haven't, or I haven't caught myself uh, singing along in the grocery store, but. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Those are also going to be fun moments when the kids get older, just to mess with them, by the way. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, there's got to be some perks to the parenting. No, that's the only reason I had kids, so I can mess with them when they get old. <laughs> yeah, those are fun times, and yours are young, so yeah, you got some time there to yeah. start thinking up of some good ones when they get older. Start recording them now. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to use this when you like start dating, and they come yeah. over. Yeah, that video is going to come out. They're like, no, and I'm like, what? Remember that next time you start giving me attitude. <laughs> you work with words all day long. What is your favorite word? Not to be confused with your favorite curse word, because that's the second part of this question. So what's your favorite word? Oh, man. I, I mean, the favorite curse word is easy. Favorite word. Um, man, I don't know. I don't think anyone's ever asked me my favorite word before. <laughs> Yay. I th- you know what? It, it might be the same word. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. Um, I think unless- it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the curse word would be then? It's got to be the F-bomb. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fuck for sure. So uh, Josie Kurtz, I did a book with her uh, for Pink Flamingo, uh, I think two years ago now. And she uh, she's also a director. And I was, we just did a book together where she was directing me. And uh, by the end of it, I asked her, I'm like, out of everyone you've worked with, have I dropped the most F-bombs? And she said, oh, by far. <laughs> I did. What is one of the reasons why I don't I don't narrate on Discord because I I just I'm constantly swearing at myself when I make a mistake. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I can use that word as a noun, an adjective, a verb, and a pronoun. It's so, so useful. Ver- it's yeah, so useful. yeah, and depending, on, and you can so much emotion can go into it or not any at all. Exactly. You know, it's just you know very what I'm. I am good at not swearing in front of my kids, and I'm probably better at it than even my wife. And I think the reason is. Because for me, I feel like not swearing is almost like speaking with a, with another language. So you're constantly aware and self-monitoring. Whereas for, whereas for my wife, it, she doesn't swear. So, you know, sometimes it just slips out. <laughs> but for me, for me, I'm constantly on, the, on, you know, making sure that I'm being appropriate. Well, I mean, it's the kids at school are probably learning a lot worse than what we say. But I went I, through a, a stint too, where I was like, Okay, I'm going to be the good example because I don't want him to learn how to curse and blah, blah, blah. And he'll learn it when he's later because he's a little younger. So I was like, baloney and, <laughs> you know, peppermint schnapps and, and pepper sticks and stuff like that. And I was, it was getting to the point where I was stressing out 
about finding the right word, a fudge. And then I finally say, fuck this shit, I'm done. <laughs> and then I see his text messages. I mean, he does not curse in front of us or anything like that, or when he's speaking with us. Um, but in his text messages, I was like, that's not the right way to use it, but good try. <laughs> so I gave up on that a long time ago because I was like, baloney is just not cutting it. Yeah. You know, we want to say bullshit. <laughs> But yeah, so okay, well, we'll get back to that favorite word next time that we hang out. You know, absolutely. I'll I'll, I'll put some more thought into it. Yeah, I mean, or you can always just say like I I think I helped another narrator. I'm like, you could just say that it's your wife's name, you know, or your kid's name. But yeah, <laughs> we'll come up with something later. Yeah. Alan, before we go, can you tell us what you're currently working on and what's coming up next for you that you can share? Uh, I'm working on a book with Av Page that I'm going to be recording this week. And after that, I've got, um, oh, I'm doing a book with Stephanie Namath Parker coming up next month, which I'm really excited about. I've never worked with her before. She's a sweetheart. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I've, I've got a uh, post-apocalyptic series that I'm going to be starting on in the fall. And yeah, I've been, uh, I've, I've had a, been very fortunate this year where I'm, I'm lucky to be booked pretty far out and uh not have to stress about finding the next gig so much it's it's yeah. been great it's the worst thing about being a freelancer yeah but then <laughs> like, you got the other side of it where it's like you know you go through that those years of feast and famine so yeah you, know, you you feel like you can't say no to anything i know i'm uh, yeah i've i've learned there's a, a fine way of saying certain things and how do you go about it but because i was like yes 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 and i'm like wait when am i gonna sleep <laughs> <laughs> you know because then, then i'm like that's when Vivi makes mistakes um but yeah no it's a it's a it's a drawback of the of being a freelancer of always having to feel like like oh i don't know if what's coming up next so I'll, yes i'll take it but it gets to a point where you guys are better at managing your calendars and adding more vacation time to it and downtime and trust yeah. me the authors when they want you they want you they'll, they'll wait a little bit so yeah yeah <laughs> Well, I'm excited to see what's coming out for you once they start announcing it and Audible has it up and running. But thank you for being part of this year's Audiobook Loving series. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun talking to you and getting to know you better. And everyone, thank you for hanging out with us today. And we hope you've enjoyed this chat as well as the series. Make sure to follow him on social media. And I'll see if I can get those links for that other dude that he knows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all mysterious and likes to keep things, you know, in the low key. Um, and that way you guys can follow them both and you will find those links over at the main page of audiobook loving series at viviana enchanters of books and until next time happy listenings thank you for joining us in the audiobook loving series hosted by viviana enchantress of books we hope you have enjoyed this episode as well as the series we've included audio samples of our guests work within the post for you to check out Please make sure to visit the main page, link within the post, to learn more about the series, the authors, and the narrators. Please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to the series if you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to follow us on our social media platforms and subscribe to the Viviana Enchantress of Books newsletter. Until next time, happy listening. Audiobook Lovin' hopes you've enjoyed this program. 